Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another summer edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, the mad. Definitely the mad. New England's own Van Helsink with me all the way across that big body of water we call the pond is oh, from the land of the Red Dragon, and Europe free Britain. Um, <laughs> the Prince of Wales, Steve Parson. Well, I've done some printing in my time, but there you go. Hey, it's Ghostbusters Day for you Americans tomorrow, isn't it? I certainly won't watch that piece of crap. Or it's, Bast- <laughs> or it's Bastille Day, if you're French. Today. Is it really? It, today is Bastille Day. So, oh, that's uh, pretty cool. On behalf of the French, congratulations. Or on behalf of the Americans, to congratulate the French for having a revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the French helped you guys out big time, didn't they? Oh, oh yeah, of course they did. Yeah, because yeah. without the French at Chesapeake Bay, you'd all yeah. still be British. Right, just like the Irish. Yeah. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> just like the Irish. So, uh, yeah, Bastille. So I guess we could say uh, happy Bastille. Bastille Day. Don't lose your head. <laughs> I stayed up all night for that one. I can, I can guess. This means we haven't got a guest, doesn't it? Because you slept uh, through usually does. Yeah. usually does. <laughs> so anyways, you know, I have to laugh because in all reality, uh, the morning show, we very, very, very seldom have guests on the morning show. It's all uh, talk. It's yep. all. I don't know why discussion. you get stressed about having guests on this show because we get lots of feedback saying that actually nobody listens, so we don't need to worry about guests. Oh, that's cool. That's very good. I like that. So, anyways, so anyways, we. Uh, I do want to mention the passing of that Indian investigator from Haunted Australia, uh, which was surprising. Uh, well, is it? I mean, lots of people die. Yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate. It was tragic. Um, people are already ascribing, because it, he died under unusual circumstances. Really? Uh, unusual? Mystical? Well, Magical? Uh, well, Mysterious? You know, you know, well, there you go, you see. That's the inevitability of isn't it? Wow. People will so, start to ascribe some sort of meaning to it. You know uh, what? I- I Whereas people just do the strangest things. He... I think there is something to it. What? That people die? It's, it it's, like, certain, it's, it's only certain it's like, light. You know, somebody's got to do some research on that. That would be very curious. Not, not, only, not only death, but, right. you know, uh, do paranormal investigators suffer from die. more? More, no, they all die. Everybody dies. But do they suffer from more uh, illnesses than regular people? Uh, you know, do a whole little study on that. You know, there's there's a lot of areas that people could do some serious work here, and yet it's been overlooked. 
Because I know a lot of paranormal investigators that, that have suffered through some strange things. So that would be a curious concept to look at. Well, there you go. There's your first, there's your first academic research project. Personally, I think that uh, I don't really give it much thought. You know, I, I'm not I know that because you don't really think a lot. I'm not. I'm not really interested in. I mean, I, I was just looking at man's concern with death and what happens when we die. Two books off the shelf, but um, death. Do they fall off the shelf? They will do. Um, death. Death is not really related to my area of interest within the paranormal. Yeah, I look for ghosts, but there is no suggestion that ghosts are some revenant or some semblance of. As surviving death, there is evidence that suggests they may be, but there is also equal evidence that suggests that they might not be. So I don't really, you know, it is the great certainty in life. Uh, you know, it, it, we die. It's, it's something that I think in our 21st century society we have become disconnected from. Uh, you know, uh, back in the 19th century and throughout the, the, the larger portion of the 20th century, death wasn't the mysterious force that we we hold remote from us today. Uh, people would be laid out at home. The family would come and mourn. Um, it was part of, you know, they, they were celebrated. But now people go off to hospices. They go off into hospitals. Um, the funeral arrangements and the laying out of the, bo of the body is all carried out sort of remotely away from the family and away from the family home. Uh, there are great traditions, you know, even when I was growing up as a small child, that the deceased would be laid out in the front parlour and everybody would come around and they would pay their respects and celebrate the life of the person. But now it's we're disconnected from death. And that's... That's a bit odd, really, when you think it's such an integral part of life. Yeah. We've sanitized well, things, it. Things have changed. Well, well, things have changed because, you know, we used to respect our elders, you know. I mean, uh, you know, that's – especially in America. I don't know how it is in the U.K. I, I really don't, so I'm not going to comment on that. But back here in, in the early days, especially in the, the 1800s and everything else, if you look at the, the farmhouses we had around here, and you would have original house, and they would just keep on extending that house and adding on little extensions to for the, the family members. I mean, you look at it even like, you know, I hate to say it, the Waltons with John Boy and everything else, but, you know, the grandparents lived with the, them, and, and the, the, you know, it was an extended family. It's not that way anymore. No, it's not. Um, you know, it, we, we put the the older community into elder care because we can't cope with them. Part of that is down to the sheer complexities of modern life because, you know, we, we have to work longer hours in order to sustain our lifestyles. Do we really? Yeah. Do you like we, the lifestyle we chose? Well, it is a lifestyle we chose, but it's also, you know, it's, it's a lifestyle that's kind of imposed on us by society as well. Um, we have we have choice in it, but at the same time, it is uh, dictated to us by society. It was, you know, perfectly acceptable 50, 60 years ago that the that the woman, the wife, would stay at home and bring up kids, and the father would go out and, and earn money. But now it's it's completely accepted and normal, and indeed required that both parents uh, need to work. Now that means then, therefore, that the the grandparents, the older generation, who would normally, as you say, be around the um, 
around the home and mm. an integral part of the home, it's not practical any longer. Um, and and so, all fairness, too. There's, there's and another, people live longer. Yeah, that's my concept I was just going to say. In all fairness, that, that is the, the problem is that we have extended our lives so much longer. Unfortunately, with the extension of our lives, perhaps the quality of life is not as uh, good as it was. I mean, you, you know, I, you, you very seldom heard of, you know, your grandparents lingering on a, on a long death or anything else where, you know, they just died. I mean, it, you know, they would be there working or, or, you know, talking or whatever. I mean, but they were an intricate part of the, the household and then they would just pass, so, you know, by some sudden disease or, or sudden uh, uh, attack or something and uh now we, we've extended life but i don't think we've extended the quality of life which creates other problems because now we need more uh care in our elder years well in fact it would be it could be i would get on this by the way this is i don't know goes. but it could well, it, is, it, it, it is i mean yeah it, it could also be argued that in yes. some ways the quality of our life is decreasing because we're losing that contact with our families as we get older but more importantly uh the the, uh, the generation above us um or uh, the, if you look at modern uh the modern children what the modern generation they're being brought up on a, on uh, and this is coming from research that they're more obese that they're less healthy uh, that they're less um that their longevity so in fact uh, some research was was shown on the bbc quite recently that said that the life expectancy of the modern generation children born in the, sort of the last 10 years is actually less than that of their grandparents generation simply because of the because of the lifestyle and because of the diet choices now that may or may not work out because you know people aren't stupid um you know people do take good care you go to the gym uh, i do absolutely nothing apart from sit yeah um, you do a fine job out of it though i you know, I'm, I, I, you know i'm sort of up for a world championship for sitting doing nothing I think you, yeah. uh, so you know, we're, we're, we're changing all the time. But the family and the society is is constantly changing. I mean, we talk about evolution in terms of the human. Um, but it's the evolution of society that's happening at a much more dramatic pace. And that does also directly reflect on people's expectations of the paranormal and their beliefs in the paranormal. Because what was perfectly accepted as part of um you know people had ghosts and people have always had ghosts and ghosts were part of their culture they were part of their upbringing they were part of their society they were things to be feared they were things not really to be messed around with there was sure there were some people who explored the phenomena and were interested in understanding the phenomena but by and large ghosts uh, the supernatural was part of the culture um, that surrounded people and it's changing isn't it people are we've gone from the the quiet ghost that, that slides up the corridor uh, or, or drifts across a room with the head tucked under the arm to demons and evil entities in fact the number of um interestingly while i was preparing for spirit quest i was looking at some of the statistics for exorcisms and in north america up until the 1970s exorcisms were so uncommon and so rare that the catholic church 
barely recorded any in a 50-year period. But the Catholics, uh, the Catholic Church figures um, since the release of a very particular film mm-hmm. um, have gone up exponentially year on year and since 2000 are accelerating at a dramatic rate to the point where the Catholic Church is now actively recruiting exorcists to deliverance ministers. I'm actually glad you brought that up because that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about. And um, it's it, it's an interesting fact uh, that you just stated uh, since that movie came out, since we have more uh, Hollywood, we have more uh, shows about it and everything else, you and I both know that the power of suggestion is extremely strong. And what is absolutely someone's reality uh, can sometimes be created. Uh, some so, physicists might argue that all reality is created. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, so let's, let's take it as a, as a uh, for instance, you can believe, if you can become possessed if you believe you are possessed. Do you think that's fair? Oh, for sure. assumption? I think that's a very fair assumption. Um, you know, I have lost count over the years how many situations I've been in on investigations or in locations where a medium who has been along, because that is their belief, have insisted upon the, uh, the participants requiring some form of psychic protection, a prayer, a blessing, um, whatever. Spotty. Spotty, prior to or, or following the investigation. And they have always insisted that it is necessary because otherwise, you know, you are likely to get yourself into serious trouble with the spirit world and bring these entities back with you. Now, at no point have I ever accepted, participated or joined in any of these blessings, rituals, prayers, or because that's not my belief. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've never been affected in any way. Mm-hmm. So, are they wrong to believe? What do you mean? You big, big curse with making calling me your friend? Uh, well, what's it? Hey, did you see what? Well, we'll come to that later. Did you see what Facebook did today? Did you get? Did you see that friends for apparently five years today? We were yeah. we've been friends on Facebook. Really? Apparently, according to Facebook. Ah, uh, do they, they made, like? They, no, they made us a little video this morning. I didn't see it. No, I didn't put it up. <laughs> it was just. Well, it was no. It was it was vomit inducing. It was. Oh, it, that sounds my type. Of it was meat. it was proper bromance stuff. It was not. Oh going on. man, I gotta see this now. You got me so <laughs> excited. Uh, all right, just for you, yeah. I'll. Uh, well, po- no, post it so I can see it, and then you can take it down. All right. Oh, I'm so excited. I might do it later. Yeah, oh, please do, because uh, you know, cl- I'm having click- a bad day and, and something like you, that. You've just... clicked, you and I have clicked like on each other's things 472 times. How do you know that? Because that's what Facebook said. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder how many of those are pity likes. Probably most of them in your case. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've lost, we, what were we actually saying? I have no clue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's actually... Kirsten in the uh, the the, uh, the uh, chat room actually brought out uh, that shows are helping people come out of the closet, not so afraid of speaking out. Uh, that's interesting. But um, what's your thoughts on that? I don't. Is it 
shows that are doing that, or is it just the whole concept of uh, more openness and not only shows, but also on the social media aspect and uh, other? Um, yes, more people are more. I go one o'clock back twenty years, and we could go to do a talk for a group of people, and the first thing that we we would ask them at the start of the talk is, "Has anybody here seen a ghost?" And a lot of people would nervously shuffle and glance at one another, but nobody would put their hand up. Is this uh, Richard end- Felix joke? No, no, no. At the end of the um, <laughs> at the end of the talk, people would shuffle up nervously once they you know once they thought that mm-hmm. anybody looking at them had gone, and that um, they would tell us their stories. Now people are very very open about it, and that's got to be down to the media and the social media and the fact that it's become socially acceptable to have paranormal experiences. And I don't just mean the TV shows like Most Haunted or and Ghost Hunters. I mean the X Files and I mean ghosts make the news. They're in daily newspapers. They're on social. You can buy you know endless magazines now that where people are telling their ghost stories. And part of part of the thing is also not just it's becoming acceptable but like so many things in the cult of celebrity as well celebrities are coming for their own ghost stories and there is an element of me too um Mm -hmm. there is this copycat element people uh it goes back to you said before about belief people Mm -hmm. read about somebody's experience and that person is saying the celebrity or the person they're reading about is saying i had this i suddenly i felt really cold and i felt like somebody had walked into the room with me i spoke to a meeting with my my dead grandmother now somebody may have had the same feelings and sensations due to a virus or due to just you know a random condition Mm -hmm. and they'll go oh what happened to me so it must have been my dead grandmother. So Steve, so I mean, me too. You know, I, I agree with you in that. You know, going back a few years, you wouldn't have as many as you do now. And then it seems like there's so many. Like you know, it, it it reminds me of the first Ghostbuster movies. Since we brought up Ghostbusters, you know, where where it's coming to that age where you know the dead are rising, and I mean, it's like everywhere now. There's there's ghosts, and everybody has a ghost. Uh. They do. Everybody wants to be involved in the ghost. And I don't have a ghost, though. They're always talking about, oh, yeah, I had a ghost. I had a ghostly experience. I had a ghostly experience. There are still people I meet who, who have never seen and don't believe. You know, there are still, there are still um, people who dis, disbelieve entirely in the concept. Um, it, that sure. It's all in mind and that these things don't exist. But the numbers, the figures, I don't think... Joe Nickel, Richard Wiseman. Yeah, I don't think statistically it's really changed. I think if you look at the surveys done in the 19, sort of, uh, the, the 20th century... Oh, that's century, curious. Now, I, I find that curious. The number so. of people who believe in UFOs and aliens has... Uh, there was a dip and now and then that picked up again. But uh-huh. if you look at the number of people who believed in ghosts, it's remained a fairly constant... Between, you know, sort of give or take five, five or ten percent in any direction. Uh-huh. It's it's always bubbled around on just over half the population. Um, you know, there have been variations and peaks and troughs of interest, but the the, the sort of figure has always been split are fairly close to about fifty fifty. Okay, I, I'll have to. Uh... I mean, you know, you can look back at surveys that go back to the nineteenth century. Uh, and there have been periodic surveys done through the media, done through newspapers, done by the Society for Psychical Research. And the numbers have, 
there have been fluctuations. Of course, there have been fluctuations, but there has always been this sort of sixty-forty split in favour of belief in ghosts. But what does change are the numbers of people who claim to have seen ghosts, rather than the belief in ghosts. Okay, so the latest Gallup poll says one third of Americans believe daily, daily departed have not departed. So we're saying that. A third in the U.S. Yeah, about sixty forty. So it's it, a third isn't far off, is it? I mean, it it, it will fluctuate periodically, uh, but it never no, changes. Very, so it never changes very much. Well, I'm, I'm curious about this now because uh, uh, okay, that I was trying to find a number from the U.K., but I couldn't find it. Um, All right, I haven't got one to hand, but the last one I saw was, again, it, it, very similar to um, the American numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are not very many differences. Americans are more likely uh, in the surveys to believe, or were more likely, they had the higher number of belief in extraterrestrial visits and uh, conspiracy theories in Britain. I'm just concerned about ghosts, not really. But in, ter- yeah, in terms yeah. of ghosts and the paranormal, the numbers are broadly, I would say, about the same. About 60-40 in favour of belief. Really? Hmm. Anyway, uh, you know, we, we were, we on the uh, morning show, we were talking about, uh, Lou had brought up about, uh, you know, for instance, Thomas Jefferson, would he go and haunt uh, the Hall of uh, Independence Hall and so forth? And then we it came to, well, did they go around? Did they talk about ghosts at that time? And then I, I brought up the point that probably during that time they would have been burned or hung if they did. <laughs> so uh, it was a totally different time, and, and, and uh, it, ghosts were looked at entirely differently than they are now. Sorry, what, so I, I was trying to find that, that thing on Facebook, which I think Facebook has got rid of now because they didn't click on it before. What was oh. the... Which is a good thing. Um, just remind me of the time period again you were referring to. I got the whole point, but not the time period. Well, I figured the, the founding fathers, seventeen hundreds, uh, early. I, uh, yeah, I think by then I, we'd gone through the the witch trials, and I think well, we just you gone just through the age of enlightenment. Well, you'd gone through the age of enlightenment and Charles II to so the the sort of late seventeenth century, um, mm-hmm. certainly in Tudor Britain in Tudor England, and that would be the time of the Founding Fathers in America. Um, necromancy was, was a capital offence. Um, yeah, exactly. So, that, was, I mean, was treasonable. When, 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 so Harry Price and, and oh, no, I don't know fine. who, he was what, 19, late 19, early 1900s? Uh, Price, who died 19... in 1948, um, it was born in 18. 18- 1880s. So Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and and uh... all of those were. I mean, they were all late night, sort of nineteenth, early twentieth century. So Victorian age or Ed, Edwardian. Um, Edwardian. Born in the Vic- yeah. big, born in the Victorian, lived through the Edwardian and into the sort of uh, the Georgian. Ah, okay. Not not the other. I was just George. curious. I was just curious. So, but by then, um, by the time you get past. Um, the 1670s, 1680s in Britain, uh, witchcraft, uh, sorcery, necromancy. In rural areas, they may may have got you um, 
stirred at, pointed at, and mm-hmm. uh, cast out of the village. But certainly it wasn't the crime that it had been 100 years before that would certainly have got you executed by hanging. But I was I was listening today to a documentary while I was working on some stuff for Spirit Quest. I had uh, BBC Radio on in the background. And they were all talking about the, the McCarthy era, uh, the 1950s McCarthy. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. And I was listening to the accounts from the McCarthy witch trials and the accusations and thinking to myself that I could barely tell the difference between that and the Salem witch trials. That's hysteria. I think it's basically what the, it, both of them are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. they do call it the the McCarthy witch trials. Yeah, uh, and but, but you go through history, you'll find mob rule and, and oh, of course. Yeah, but isn't it interesting? That we think yeah. of ourselves as enlightened and educated people, um, and yet in our societies, these the events can still happen. You know, people people go to Salem and they look back and think, oh well, our generation couldn't do that. Ah. But, but yes, they could. Yes, they could. And yes, they have. And they will continue to do so because it's it's a nasty little weakness in the human characteristic that if we, we like don't to blame other people who are and we will persecute them out of existence if we can exactly exactly so I mean that's that's uh, well anyways I know we'll come up to the break uh, a couple of minutes yeah. ago but it, it was very very interesting listening to this documentary and listening to the people who's who had been carted away in the in the night in front oh, of yeah. The red scare, yeah. Yeah, and it, it was, it was. I said to myself, if you just switched the era and changed it from communism to witchcraft, sure, there was no significant difference at, at all. It may be. Uh, we we may see a new birth of that with uh, Muslims. Uh, be honest with you, uh, it's 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 building up that way, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, the world seems oh. The world we always like the to lessons. blame somebody else. For yeah, but we always seem to forget the lessons of the past. They're different. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But we, you know, we, we always have to blame. And it's so easy. You know, it's like if there's, uh, you know, for instance, I, I hate to, I don't want to get into all politics, but like gun control, it's very easy if there's a mass shooting to blame, oh, he had an assault rifle, you know, therefore we should be on all assault rifles. That won't ha- happen again. But then we forget that Timothy McVeigh killed 168 people, including 19 people with fertilizer. So, well, we we had uh, a few years ago. We had all of handguns in Britain banned. Which mm-hmm. uh, what what actually happened is there were two groups of people that, that had guns: the bad guys and the cops. Mm-hmm. I thought that you know I, I thought uh, Brits were pretty much good with their guns. They used, they had a lot of shotguns. They did a lot of shooting. Uh, still, no, no, that's okay. But handguns, assault rifles, rifle okay. weapons—all of those were were completely outlawed and banned. So now the only people with them are the bad guys. Yeah. And the cops when they can get them. Well, yeah, but I'm, you know, you're looking at the cops nowadays, and you know, forget oh, your British, forget your British Bobby on the beat. Ours are paramilitary you know, nowadays. Anyway, Anyways, I break. Yep, we got to go to our break. So anyways, uh, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojanet, uh, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Astronet, uh, I don't know, wherever else we are, Ghostbox, maybe that new thing, that, that the ITC thing they're doing, app, maybe on that, I don't know. We'll be right back with following messages.
Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. beat of my heart because tomorrow night my darling wife sent me a message a little while ago to say I'm going to see the 3D Ghostbusters movie. How cool oh, is that? Okay. Well, you know, hey-ho. Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, if you've tuned in uh, to the podcast, uh, welcome to Ghost Chronicles International Part 2 with New England's very own Van Helsink over there, where you're probably mm. listening to it anyway, but, and over here, me. Uh, if you listen, if you want to know who our guest is, uh, we haven't got one, so you can turn off the podcast feed now, or you can listen to Ron and I ramble on for the next thirty minutes. And and we have a word of the week. And today's show is brought to you by the word <laughs> demon. Uh oh, silence! <laughs> it wasn't silence; it was demon. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> today's uh, show is brought to you by the word demon. That's what I just... said. Yeah, I know, but I, you remember I'd suggested we did Poltergeist? You changed? No, I forgot that you changed it to D. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, just ask me what is a Poltergeist. Oh, by the way, Steve, what is a Poltergeist? That's <laughs> <laughs> you asked me. <laughs> glad I asked? <laughs> because uh, I just reached out, and uh, I'm, I'm going to use Poltergeist over England by the renowned Poltergeist investigator, uh, Harry Price. Um, we've had on our show who we've had on our show 
who describes a poltergeist thus wise. <laughs> an alleged ghost, an elemental entity, an agency, a secondary personality, an intelligence, a power, a spirit, an impor familiar with certain unpleasant characteristics, whereas the ordinary ghost of our storybooks is quiet, inoffensive, timid, noiseless, and rather benevolent, oh, wow. with usually friendly feelings towards the incarnate occupants of any place where it has its abode, the poltergeist is just the reverse. According to the many reports of its activities in all lands and all ages, it is mischievous, destructive, noisy, cruel, erratic, thievish, demonstrative, purposeless, cunning, unhelpful, malicious, audacious, teasing, ill-disposed, spiteful, ruthless, resourceful, and vampiric. Ooh, vampiric. Mm-hmm. There you okay, go. It sounds like a politician. That's... You could probably put demon into Well, what's interesting is, when you look back, and uh, I'm uh, over poltergeist cases and some of the very early ones uh, um, we we can we can look uh, reflect on for example where i live in wales and particularly in west wales um a in the 12th century there was um a respected clergyman cleric and author gerald of wales who wrote uh, an account of his journeys around wales or his um, whatever it was in Latin. And (laughs) he recorded um, several accounts of demons, um, one of which was uh, affected the home of Elidia de Stackpole. And the Stackpole estate is about two and a half miles from where I'm currently speaking to you. Now, when you look at the accounts of stone throwing and objects moving and water being tipped and spilled and chairs being thrown over in the modern context what what he is describing is clearly a pol- what we would call a poltergeist manifestation or a poltergeist infestation but in the 11th 12th 13th century through through the whole medieval period um these were described as demons and demonic and in fact that was a that was a, a mindset that persisted well into the 19th century and really um didn't go out of fashion until quite late on in the 19th century now if we look at modern uh, investigators who are well aware of poltergeist phenomena and we have a number here in britain at the moment we have the the, the famous pontefract one i believe there's one in seattle the poltergeist house in seattle uh, these are now being ascribed rather than a malevolent mischievous uh, force back to being demonic so we've gone full circle. We've we've thrown out our knowledge of poltergeists garnered over the last 150 years and resorted back to the medieval tactics of calling anything that we don't understand demonic and evil. But, you know, I found interesting, too, is the definition of ghost, where it's this meek, mild, little wisp of whatever, uh, versus, you know, something that's rocking and rolling and... and throwing stuff around and, and making generally well, a pain in himself. I don't think Price was wrong in that, in that assessment, because if you look through the documented ghost stories um, mm-hmm. going back through history, and we're not talking about the, the obvious poltergeists like the drummer of Tedworth or uh, the Stackpole one I, I talked to, I'm talking about your white ladies, your blue boys, your headless nuns, these 
spectral yes, ducks. Um, the spectral carriages. Oh, we had a chicken, headless chicken in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Well. All of these are benign. It might be scary if you encounter a headless nun or a staring chicken. chicken. Um, in fact, last night's X Files was there. Was remember the guy, the the headless guy? Uh, head, and they kept regrowing his head. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but the ghosts were benign. You know, they might have drifted down corridors, wailing and bemoaning their fate, or. Like the Canterville ghost living in the attic and just popping out occasionally to um, say hello, whatever. Say hello and irritate the living. But ghosts also had a purpose. Um, ghosts were there seeking something. Ghosts were there to communicate. And right the way back from Athenodorus, right the way through even to Dickens, ghosts came with a uh, with a purpose and with a mission. They were there to either seek something for themselves, prayers or a, a Christian burial or proper burial, um, or they were there to convey uh, lessons and messages to the living from the other side. Uh, often not for themselves. They were, you know, they were doing it for the. They were acting almost as as messengers from another world. We would maybe call them angels today, um, or that would be the ascription of them. But now they're just so. I mean, they're just dull, aren't they? They don't make good television. You can't sit in a corridor dressed in your paramilitary gear, um, hunting a white sh- a white figure flitting down a corridor. Um, carrying a head under her arm. It's just not good television. It's got to be demonic. It's got to be evil. It's got to be possessing. It's got to be... It's got to scratch everybody, um, you know, in sight. Yes, it's true. And these are the descriptions of poltergeists that were given back in the Tudor, the sort of medieval um, accounts, where they were described... We would recognise them as poltergeists... But the ill-educated considered them to be demons. So it's ironic that we've now gone back to calling them demons and chasing demons. Ghost hunting is no longer about ghosts. So you think that the rise of uh, all these shows with demons on it is really uh, poltergeist? Or are we talking something? No, we're we're talking about uh, people who are... I mean, we, you've got to separate the two, I think, because what what you're dealing with, and go right the way back to the start of the show, people's expectations, because people now lo- no longer expect to encounter a white lady or a blue boy or a, a spectral headless uh, nun. What they expect to encounter, because they're conditioned to encounter now, is a demon, an evil-possessing entity, uh, something that's never lived before, um, you know, a, 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 what did they call them? An elemental. Because that is what they're seeing on the television shows. And the television shows are striving to sell more more uh, advertising. And they they recognise that, you know, the, if you look back at the very early series of Most Haunted or the first series of Ghost Hunters, they were quite content to wander through these buildings and look for these spectral shapes. But quickly they realised that if they wanted a, another series, if they wanted the, you know, the sort of the live episodes and the, the, the trappings of, of television, they had to up the game. And the ghost hunters, the ghosts have followed suit. Mm-hmm. People, you know, people are now dealing with the rise of the exorcist ghost hunter or the exorcist uh, investi- uh, investigator or the exorcist medium has spiraled in, in recent years, within the last 10 years. 
because I, I know that you know there even seem to be a rise in uh, uh, you know uh, have you ever heard of the Enfield demon? Uh, no, I've heard of the Enfield poltergeist, but I've read account, I've read recently where some people are describing it as demonic. But it, that was, I mean, we've had Guy on the show, and, you know... It, well, this, it was, was, this was in Enfield, Connecticut. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were referring to our one. No. Isn't it <laughs> funny how that we uh, parallel each other at times? Did, did, did the Warrens have anything to do with it? So, I, I, actually, it's a little, little chapter in my book, uh, Ghost Today, and I'm going to read it. So, this happened on December 20th, 2009, so it was a recent case. Uh, recent, recently, a local family living in a 200-year-old home was being tormented by an elemental, a small demon recognized by Native American as a soul stealer, or more formally, a wingdago. Ooh, that sounds terrible. The Yapples story was aired on national television as part of the Animal Planet series, The Haunted. But what sort of paranormal phenomena has the Yapple family encountered that would garner national attention? Wow, you were glad you asked that. Although Jay and Elk Yapple had endured a multitude of horrors at the hands of this entity, it was the Yapple's concern for the safety of their children that brought them to reach out for help. They had Oh, this is scary. I don't know if I can read that. But anyways, one, one, evening, one evening while listening to the soft crackle of their baby's monitor, the Yapples heard a gruntle voice say, You're all going to die. Ooh, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Yeah. Terrified, they ran into the child's bedroom. They looked into the crib, and guess what? They saw bloody handprints. <gasps> Oh, my God. That's when they called the Connecticut Paranormal Investigators. There you go. Thank God for groups, you know what I mean? It took it took nearly two hours for Jay to relate the lengthy uh, paranormal afflictions that the Yapple family had been forced to endure. Bob Baker, the team leader, put a plan in motion. The team, along with Father Bob Bailey, a veteran demonologist set to rid the family of the demonic presence. Their plan was to start by blessing the utmost level of the home, subsequently, wow, that's a tough word for me, visiting each room. During their investigation, they noted, you're going to love the evidence, by the way. Uh, during the investigation, they noted the oppressive atmosphere when they walked into the home, uh, feeling some of the team it would linger for days, but guess what? Uh, while we were there, the team was in an attic and heard unexplained footsteps oh. that were climbing the attic stairs. <gasps> then there was a slow creaking sound moments later, later oh. as the team stood in the master bedroom. Just like that, yes. As they stood in the master bedroom, and an invisible presence walked back down the attic steps, stopping between two members of the group. Wait a minute, here comes the proof. Later, review of camera footage revealed an orb exit the closet, no! make a right turn, and head straight to the attic. 
See, death, death, wait, 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 let me finish it one more line. Upon completion of their investigation and the blessing by Father Bob, the Apple family reported at the time of this printed the demonic presence wreaking havered for their lives for a hundred years has dissipated. Wow. Whew, that was what scary. Do you know, I was skeptical until you said the orb took a right turn. Well, they had proof. Well, until you said the orb took a right turn, I was deeply skeptical. Right. Because... It's a well, you know, 99% of, of, of them are dust, but they all go left. Dust oh, is that what it is? So, dust. you know, it was, it was a demonic one because that's it went right. You, that's how you can tell. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll have to put that in my notes in my next uh, chapter. Yeah. So Do that. It's out there, you know. People are going, they're investigating these homes. They're dealing with these demons. They're smatting them, just like the Ghostbusters that are debuting today on uh, public... Uh, Theaters everywhere. Now we had our uh, date. It launched first in the UK on the on Monday. Ah, good. So actually, when's the fifteenth? What's the date? I don't know. Twelfth. What's the date today? Twelfth. Twelfth. Oh, you haven't got the film then tomorrow. Your American launch is the fifteenth. Oh darn. Oh darn. Oh well. Never mind. I'll wait till it comes on. That's a bit. Well, because I mean, get us from the library. Well, I'm surprised you weren't in it because it was all filmed in Boston. Yeah, I know. I saw it. Not that the, I mean, like, it's set in New York. They filmed it in Boston. Now, you know, like, why couldn't it's they just... tax breaks. In? Is it? Yes. And, so and you know what? You're going to love this. You're going to love this, Steve. Do you have Uber Uber uh, drivers in, in the UK? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you can call this one uh, Uber and he will pick you up in the Ghostbuster ambulance. No. Yep. I bet you that costs a lot of money. A few quid. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll give that a miss. Speaking of um, stuff and demons and exorcists and Dr. Yes. Bob and Father yes. Ben, angels and demons. Oh, that's right. Yep. Uh, this is this fall. You'll be coming over for your fourth year? Fifth. Fifth? Is it fifth? Yeah, fourth. Five, fifth? Five? Uh, How long uh, we've been friends? Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to five, see the big bro yeah, romance tape. Yeah, I never got I, to see it. Oh, well. No, five, five on Facebook, but hang on. Hmm. Well, there was... How, how many spirit quests have there been? Four, right? In total. Four. This is well, the fourth that, No, well, I missed the first one. No, it can't be. I didn't do the first one. Who knows? You know, I'm old. I can't This remember. must be the fifth spirit quest. Ah, uh, whatever. Probably. And my, fourth, and my fourth visit. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I have, I have no whatever. Anyway, so what's it all about then? Right. Angels and demons. Funny you brought that up. But and you what, know what's, what's going to be happening? We're going to have a demonologist. And? And he'll show pictures of orbs taking uh, right turns. <laughs> and, and anything else? I, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> so why people, why 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 would people want to go to? Uh, oh, actually, you know, you know, we're really looking forward to you and I joke around, but uh, we've been doing these uh, spirit quests for uh, quite a while, and if they're unlike any other 
I hate to even say a conference, but they're running like any other event around. Uh, we've been doing these themes, which have been excellent. And this year it is Angel Demons, torn from the pages of Dan Brown's book. And we uh, it's not the weekend. It's a weekend event, uh, but you can come for the day, the night, uh, the whole weekend. And it starts on Friday night uh, with the Conclave Dinner. And uh, your first clue, because you all become symbolologists, say that went four times fast, symbolologists, that's somebody who follows symbols. The Lion King. Huh? Lion King. I don't know that. Simba? Uh, No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You wasted that one on me. (laughs) But anyway. The listeners will understand. Yeah, both of them. Those who have kids. (laughs) But anyways, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great week. We we do have, uh, uh, you know, Keith Johnson, the demonologist, uh, will be here from uh, Ghost Hunters. He was on the first couple seasons of Ghost Hunters, and he's Keith's a nice guy. I like him. He's been on my show before, and uh, we will have Wendy Reardon. Uh, we'll, who will bring a papal death mask, which is I'm psyched about. And she also be doing a presentation on papal funerals. Uh, but she is most noted from uh, my ghost story and a dozen other articles and newspaper things about uh, her pole dancing ghost. So uh, she'll be there to talk about that as well, which I was able to investigate as well, which is in my book, Ghost Chronicles. Also being there will be Steve Parsons. I'll be done. Yes. And Steve, yeah. what, do you, what will you be doing there? Oh, well, we'll be talking. I've got two talks, I think, for Spirit Quest. The first is obviously about angels. So it's the battlefield angels and the angels of Mons. But more than the, just the but so battlefield angels, the appearances of angels on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And the other one is... Um, Exorcism. Uh, yeah. Exorcism. With me? Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that with so much enthusiasm. No, no, no I'm actually... <laughs> with me? No, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I actually can't remember what the second talk is. <laughs> That's all right. Don't worry about it. Anyways, uh, I will be doing a talk on the Shroud of Turing, uh, which is, I'm really excited about. Oh, yeah, it is on exorcism. You're right. Yeah, I know. Uh, Mr. <laughs> and I have a, a replica of the Shroud of Turing, so we're going to look at uh, that and uh, look at the the myth, the uh, I guess the myth was it myths, mystery, and miracle is my talk. So myths, mysteries, miracles, and oh, miracle, a miracle. So the laundry box of the Shroud of Turing. There you go. We'll have that there too, and uh, so that that'll be there as well. Uh, but we're also having. Uh, Nancy Smith, who is a works with angels and also is a psychic goddess, and she'll be right, taking part in the ghost hunt on uh, Saturday night, which will be exciting because then we can see what the ghosts look like. We don't need no stick and camera. We got somebody who can draw them. So there you go. And we're going to do. She's going to draw. Every, I get to see it. You see it working. You know, oh, it's a ghost. <clears throat> it comes out and there's this big round spherical orb. Yeah. Going to the going to the right, and we'll be having holy relics and exorcism yeah. stuff, and yeah. Um, yeah, so that's going to so, be fun. It is. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Go to the website, check it out. Anyghostproject.com. The letter N, the letter E. Ghostproject.com. 
and you'll be doing some other stuff when you come over too, which is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Something to do with yeah, more ghosts and stuff. More st- stuff. Yeah. More stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're a, so you know we're ve- we're a bit like Houdini and Doyle, you and I. Oh, have you I know just what? Given, I, have I just given away the theme for Spirit Quest Twenty Seven? So anyways. Uh, um, you know what's really funny, Steve, is when I first watched that show, they really did remind me so much of you and myself. Uh, my wife agrees with you. Really? She, she said exactly. When we watched the first episode, she went, that's you and Ron. That's spooky. <laughs> I said, well, it is, except the Americans being the Brit and the Brits being the American. Yeah, it is. We're, we're There's a role reversal. Yeah, role reversal. It's, it's, if you haven't seen the show, uh, unfortunately, the first series is over, but I'm sure you can get it on demand somewhere uh, on Netflix or Comcast or whatever. But check it out. It, it's a fun show. It, it, it's interesting because you look at both aspects of it. I mean, it, you, you see, and I hate this word, debunking where they actually try to explain things and yeah, but it's got a it's got a hook in the end of it, doesn't it? It, it, the it always has the hook. Yeah, it appears that Houdini, the big skeptic, has debunked it, but then just the last the last thirties. Hey, we go in the chat room. Nathan has suggested. In fact, we could do this. Nathan could introduce this. Um, well, he could. He, he wants us to play the classic comedy film, The Exorcist. So I reckon we just turn his head around and we can have him bouncing up down on the bed somewhere. Right, and of course... Uh, Wearing know, a funny mask. Right. and, and the, the night dress. And, and, and we'll be serving pea soup, uh, of course, there. Yeah, so uh, yeah. yeah. Actually, on the subject of The Exorcist, as we run out of um, out the end of the show... Uh, well, we still haven't quite run out of the end of the show, have we? Okay. Uh, we've had two minutes. Um Nathan just called it the classic comedy, and yet interviews with, and I have one to hand with William Blatty, um, and some of the, and indeed um, with the priests uh, who were Blatty used as, the re, as his research material, they would maintain that the film is actually quite, uh, the special, ignoring the special effects, the film is. And the accurate. fact that it's a girl instead of a guy. Yeah. But in, 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 in the, the actual uh, accounts of the exorcism procedure, that the that the that the way it's dealt with is pretty accurate. Except it occurred in the hospital. Well, it didn't. I mean, it was the the the, the 1949 Rainier case was the inspiration for the book and the the movie. Uh, it's not an account. It's not. It's not the Conjuring. Uh, the Warrens. You know, I'm surprised. In fact, I'm surprised the Warrens weren't there. They will. Uh, Conjuring three. Well, we we've got our money on that being at Borley. Mm-hmm. You, I, you know, I want to mention this. By the way, uh, we we talked about the Warrens and we talked about the Conjuring. Right. Uh, the the first Conjuring case. Uh, Andrea Perrin. We had her on a show, mm-hmm. I believe. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was actually. Kyle and Keith Johnson, who uh, were the first to find that case, and uh, they went to the Warrens, and the, the Warrens uh, kind of took that over. No, I, no, no that's, that's wrong. I watched that film the other night for the very. I watched The Conjuring the other night for the very first time, and I saw um, that yes. the Mrs. Perrin, the wife, mm-hmm. went up to, uh, and it was in Massachusetts. 
-hmm. She went to a lecture given by the Warrens, and she begged and pleaded in the parking lot for them to come back to the farm. Mm, that's not quite how it works. That's in real how life. it happened in the film. Yeah, but they also uh, were at the Enfield poster guy case too, weren't they? Uh, yes, and Paulie, and um, didn't they? Didn't they also investigate the Bell Witch? I'm sure they did. As long yeah. as, uh, as well as, uh, you know, uh, any other famous case you can consider. Yes, uh, I think yes. they had Geff in a in a glass cabinet um, in the Museum of Horrors. Hmm. Anyway, moving yeah. right along. Good. So, uh, are you all done with your uh, ghostology series, or do you have one coming up? I believe in Portsmouth, don't you? Uh, unfortunately, due to a venue problem, that's been postponed uh, until until we can get sort of venue double booking issue out. So oh, yes, that's it's a shame. Up, but no, it's not coming up next week. Oh, I'm uh, sorry to hear that. Oh. We, we were double booked, unfortunately. Oh, my, my apologies. An administrative error on behalf of the venue. Uh huh. So uh, date the dates will be re reconfirmed shortly. Oh, good, 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 very good. So, anyways, uh, let's see what else we got. Anything else? Red light seances are going pretty good. I, I mentioned those every every month. Now we've been doing the red light seances, and uh, we are getting some interesting results. Uh, what a shame! We've just run out of time, so you'd have to keep that to yourself until next week. Oh, you know, I would, but it it's, hasn't even bitten the bell yet, so we still have. It done. has. No. It has. No. Really. Really. Well, Ben's just said two, two minutes to, till end. He went one minute till bell, and then it went two minutes till end. One minute 30, 15, 7, it did. The bell Wait. did go. I heard it. I didn't hear it. And here's sorry. the heartbeat. All right, so Tunes. we should go. <laughs> Let's go, then. Let's just quietly shuffle off. We'll go off. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.